So it's it seems like it's come quickly, but you know, individually, we've all been spinning our wheels, desperate for an opportunity to do these things. And the collective has given us the vehicle for it. Welcome to Life on the Land, a Grazy Her podcast telling stories of women living in rural and regional Australia. I'm Sky Manson, your host for this episode. You are going to absolutely love this chat today. I know I say this a lot, but this chat is fun and relevant and the project that we're going to talk about and more importantly, how it came to be is fabulous. Our guests today are photographers. Georgie Mann from a sheep and cattle farm near Karamut, three hours west of Melbourne, and Jess Howard, who lives on the Sunshine Coast, but originally hails from near Biloela in southeast Queensland. These women make up two of the 11 photographers in the Beauty in the Bush collective on Instagram. Last week, they boldly launched a newsprint publication the Bush Journal. It's another exciting example of private enterprise. Actually, not really even that, just a handful of women who have been invigorated by each other's influence, reigniting the way stories in rural Australia are told and sold. And the story behind their being, how they came together, I think is one we can all take heart from. Collectively, they were seeking connection, maybe even feeling a little bit isolated, and they came together via Instagram, realised their similarities, their unique offering, and how they could lift each other up. So they started creating lots of things. An Instagram account, they printed a calendar for sale, and now they have a quarterly publication. Jess Howard starts by explaining how the Beauty in the Bush Collective came to be and what it's all about. We had been messaging on social media, on Instagram for quite a while and doing Instagram loops and, you know, um, kind of admiring each other from afar. I've followed Georgie for ages um, and just, you know, giving me impossible jealousy <laughs> of all the places that she was going to and seeing. Um, so we were kind of in contact loosely over social media uh, for a long time. And then at the beginning of this year, we just kind of got our act together and we organised a Zoom call and we all jumped on and all of the ideas just came flowing out of us and we all were so excited to be in a group of like-minded people and we thought let's just make this a little bit more formal. So, Georgie, on that Zoom call, what was the catalyst for like putting together the collective? Did you all just, who put the idea out there? We'd all been doing these loops, so it was due, it was actually during lockdown. Was it? Yes, yeah, so it was last yeah. last year, the first lockdown. And I think we was sort of all um, we did this lockdown loop. So I'd be like, "This is my backyard," and and I'll throw to Jess, and here's her backyard. And we were all just kind of taking photos and sharing what we were doing in lockdown. And I think I think we just worked out that we kind of all really clicked, and we there was something there that we we didn't know what, but we were like we really like this. Let's do something. And then, yeah, we, we did, we jumped on that Zoom. And, I mean, like, there was just no plan. But we were like, guys, we've got to do something. And I think we sort of really recognised that, you know, we were all quite similar. We threw around a few ideas. We knew we wanted to do something. We, we felt we had something to offer collectively rather than just as individuals. And we, but no one really knew, Jess. No, no. one was like, well, what are we going to do? And everyone's, I mean, this is the loveliest thing, is that, I mean, everyone's so humble and Everyone was a little bit, no really quite which direction we wanted to head. And, and then I think a, an Instagram page was suggested and we set that up thinking, oh, we'll just see what comes of it. And, yeah, here we are. Yeah, and I think in the beginning we we didn't just want to be another feature page because there's so many of those on social media, um, which are lovely because it's, you know, promoting photographers' work or whatever, but we wanted from the very beginning to present each of our images and all of our work uh, as, uh, you know, images to represent a narrative. So yeah. from the very first post that we posted, we've been posting basically every day since, um, every image has a story and we've 
been conscious of presenting that story at kind of every opportunity. And some of the stories, I mean, these aren't crazy stories. This is like, oh, I was in, you know, this is our potty calf and he, she has a beautiful bond with my son. You know, that's Camilla French in Northwest Queensland. Or, you know, I started telling the story of my family a little bit more in the photos that I took of them. That wasn't like an unraveling and something that just happened. We, uh, we did that on purpose. Yeah, and I think also the other important thing to note is it was, so initially, I mean, I came into the group, it was Anna, that Anna, who's the rural storyteller, she was the one that kind of went, hey, guys, let's do something and kind of put it all together to begin with, wasn't it? It was Anna's initiative. And, yeah, it was just that, yeah, that recognising that we're all, probably looking for a little bit more depth in, in what we're doing individually where we're all taking photos and and posting pretty photos on our feeds with it you know a caption of however many words and we're like we could see that collectively we had the potential to actually really delve into those stories properly and give a bit of depth to what we were doing yeah certainly for me it was like it, this will really give a bit of depth to what we're trying to do I think the most exciting thing as a viewer and as and as your audience and someone that has uh, come across it is that the quality is just like second to none and it is giving a platform for those wonderful photos to reach even further than than what they are and I think it by the sounds of things that's something that you guys all recognize as well. Yeah, I think there's definitely a real level of respect amongst us for each other's work. You know, I mean, I'm just I'm just completely blown away by everyone. But it's also an opportunity. Like, it's it's bigger than us. It's sort of we're trying, you know, we hope that it will encourage other people to take photos of their backyard and share. And, we, you know, we're trying to do a feature once a week of other photographers and say, you know, look, these, these are our backyards, but what's happening in yours? And, you know, just to really try and represent that, you know, beauty that is all over Australia. You know, it's not just our backyards. I, I think also, though, at being part of this collective, I don't know about you, Georgie, but I, since watching everyone's work more closely, I it's made me want to be better. Yeah, um, 100%. Like, I, I read the words of you ladies. I see your your images and I just think, oh, okay, I've got to lift my game. <laughs> I've got <laughs> yeah. to get better. <laughs> yeah. Who's in the group? There's 11 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Ellie over in WA, who yeah. is a farmer and amazing photographer. Kate up in the Northern Territory. She's on a station near Catherine. We've got Alina at Cowra in New South Wales. Um, we've got Georgie and M down in Victoria, not very far from each other, actually. And then we've got the Queensland ladies, um, Henrietta near Mackay, Camilla in Northwest Queensland, Anna in Tara, near Tara. Lisa near Blackall and me in Queensland. We tried, you know, when we were kind of loosely coming together, we we tried to cover as much of the country as possible. Yeah, I love that. And is that, that's it. So you, you guys are just going to work together and then you'll feature other photographers across Australia intermittently. I think there's no, I mean, there, that's, I mean, I, I kind of like the fact that there is no real plan. It's just, mm. we're kind of just, you know, and I, and I love that, that we came together because we wanted to do something together. And then it's like, you know, we're all creative. So someone will just pipe up one morning and go, hey, guys, oh, my God, I've had this idea. And, you know, Jess, amazing. I'm going to do this journal. But it's, you know, everyone just sort of comes up with ideas. And I think that's the lovely thing about it is there's no real plan. We just see what, you know, it'll be what it'll be and it'll go where it'll go. And in the meantime, we're just having fun. And really enjoying working together. Like yeah. I, it's that's the things I've missed since leaving, uh, you know, full-time paid employment is that camaraderie. I miss work friends. I miss just talking nonsense with uh, work friends. Um, and I, that's what I love about this collective. We are constant every day we're in contact on WhatsApp or calls or whatever or email um, and not just talking about the project that we're working on but also just gripes and celebrations and it's 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 such a beautiful community and so supportive you know Mm. whenever we have these little wins whether we've been published or we've won competitions or we're holding workshops or you know we really celebrate those wins amongst ourselves or just having a massive attack of imposter syndrome which we all have it's yeah (laughs) 
It just feels to me like it's evolving um, really quickly and I think that's so great and that builds excitement and, um, you, you know, you just kind of don't know what's coming next. And so you've got a calendar for 2022 and you've just released the Bush Journal, which uh, I have a copy of, I'm very lucky to have and just completely devoured it. It's so beautiful. What, how, how did this come to be so quickly? We kind of burst out of the gates, didn't we, Georgie? When, you know, from the from the very beginning, once we started talking, we were all, we all had a million ideas and we were like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. So it's it seems like it's come quickly, but, you know, individually we've all been spinning our wheels, desperate for an opportunity to do these things. And the collective has given us the vehicle for it. Mm. So... You know, there's 11 of us to share that load or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so the journal, um, we, I mean, I love writing, really, really love writing. Uh, I used to do it for a job. I was writing all of these really deep, unnecessarily deep Instagram captions (laughs) that I think like, that I think. um, Are we all? Yeah. I was treating Instagram as a bit of a dear diary situation and I think, uh, I just wanted a home. And, I mean, the journal is not, definitely not just my musings and my kind of dear diary emotions. But I think we understood that once we started presenting our work that there's bigger stories to be told and there's Instagram, it's just like, oh, gosh, it's like the fairy floss of storytelling. Like it's all great and sweet and lovely and everything, but then it's gone. And for us, we we just wanted to create something a little bit more permanent. And tell yeah, absolutely. We wanted something in our hands and we're all, I don't know, I think a lot of us are quite nostalgic, which is why we went for the newsprint. Can you just explain to me what the Bush Journal actually is? Oh, So um, it's a beautiful collection of stories and photography from around rural Australia. And there is a photography focus, but you certainly don't need to be a photographer to appreciate these stories, I don't think. They're for pe- people who appreciate rural scenes they're for people who appreciate rural scenes the stories are emotive yeah and it's on newsprint which you know we just sort of thought of something completely different to anything else out there yeah we just wanted to try something different and something a bit nostalgic when all those newspapers are shutting down we just thought that was something that we could we could do and it's yeah it's it's on beautiful newspaper though isn't it Jess it's on this improved I think but um I I guess we realized that we just within the bodies of our own individual works um had really beautiful stories to tell um and these stories existed um and we thought we just they needed a home and so it we kind of reverse engineered it in a way like uh, I think a lot of people who start publications probably think, okay, what's the story I'm going to tell? And then they look for the stories. But I did it the reverse way um, and I went through uh, the work of our individual photographers and found, tried to kind of glean stories from that and then built on it. So we kind of did it in reverse. So Jess is the editor. Like it was her baby. She's put in so much. I mean, I know it's 11 of us, but really you have just, in so much work and effort to you know she, she it's amazing it's you know we're just blown away and also grateful to be part of it I'm so interested to know how it did come together so how, how did you decide that you do it on newsprint how many pages is it how often do you hope to do it all those kind of um detail-y things tell me more about that um so I don't know how far to go back to to go back. About 10 years ago, um, I did a short course uh, in uh, magazine journalism at the London College of Fashion and a key part of that was magazine design. So I have kind of dreamt of doing something like this for a really long time. That course kind of taught me the design skills, so how to use the software to kind of design something. And this is not like a highly designed publication as you like, it's, it's very simple and minimal and lets the kind of photos breathe, I think. And that was on purpose, but also 
because I don't have highly sophisticated design skills. It looks pretty um, good to me. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So when people, you know, when I've, I've been getting feedback from people um, when they get it and it's just like this little sort of sigh of relief, like, oh, thank goodness, you know, it makes sense to other people. Um, I I looked at a lot of papers. I, I did a lot of research. Um but I was really kind of tied to the idea of newsprint because of that nostalgic connection to newspapers generally. Um, everyone has memories of a pile of newspapers in the corner of their kitchen or dining room. Uh, I have really, really clear memory, memories of um, the rattle of my dad's Toyota going down the driveway every morning at 6am for him to pick up his paper um, from the bottom of the driveway and then come back to the kitchen table and read it while he's having his breakfast um, and the paper in my hometown closed down last year. It was in the, the mass close, uh, shutdowns of all of the newspapers. So we, we love that it's an accessible kind of medium. We love that everybody feels comfortable with newspaper and we love that it's not precious. We, we absolutely adore the idea of someone when they're finished, you know, they might rip out a lovely aerial because we've got a beautiful aerial photography feature in this issue um you know they might rip out their favorite page of that stick it on the fridge they might wrap you know some veggies in the rest of them I don't know we know we I, I just love the idea I love how versatile uh newspaper it, is newspaper. it just really feels like it fits with what we're trying to do yeah. you know, that whole vibe of sitting around the smoko table and you know reading a newspaper and it just yeah it fits doesn't it it feels grounded and we were like, I was absolutely packing it <laughs> that it wouldn't work. And that's, I think, why we wouldn't, we didn't really tell anyone about it. I mean, we've been working on this for months and we, we didn't tell anyone about it because uh, I, I, I almost thought that when I, you know, we got the delivery uh, that it was going to be a disaster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I can imagine. I think, we, I think we really worried as photographers and possibly perfectionists that it was, um, that newsprint was going to compromise the photos. You know, it's not a glossy mag. So we were like, we really wanted it. Jess, you were really worried. And as soon, I knew as soon as Jess got her copy and she was really happy, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so good because you, like, you, yeah, it was so, and everyone's thrilled, aren't they? But that was the worry, wasn't it, that it was the photos were just, the whole point of it was going to be compromised. Yeah, and when we, um, when I reached out to a number of printers, uh, about what we were doing um, and they were all amazing um, giving me advice on the the quality of the paper um, we went for an improved newsprint so it's not the newspaper that you might have had delivered yeah. once upon a time um, you know the printer said to us look mm, photography magazine mm, photography newspaper oh gosh okay you do know the limitations of the medium um, and yeah we absolutely do but you know, the feeling of newsprint, that kind of velvety feeling that the paper has. And, and the pulling it apart, yeah. the, you know, the old feeling of pulling it apart. It's so, yeah. Yeah, there's just this beautifully tactile kind of experience of reading a newspaper and that the jagged edge and, um, and you know, the, the kind of graininess of the image is, is amazing. Photographers add this to their digital images to give that feeling of nostalgia and that kind of textural feeling. And that's, um, we're getting it for free just by printing it on newsprint. Mm. Yeah. Jess, what's your background? You obviously such a creative, you love this kind of stuff, but where did it, where did you grow up? Um, so I, I grew up on a cattle property in central Queensland, um, kind of west, southwest of Rockhampton, uh, near a town called Biloela. Um, kind of a very typical country upbringing, gruff dad, <laughs> working seven days a week. <laughs> um, didn't like emotions. Uh, and a stay-at-home mum. And I got out of there pretty quickly for school and university. Um, I never really felt like I fit in at home I didn't I was never in the yards I was never riding so I kind of moved to the city as soon as I could and studied and I was a tv reporter for a little while 
what did you study and what did you want to become as a child or how did you have no idea? I was awful and my mum will <laughs> report this, will happily report this. I was precocious, precociously awful. Um, reading, you know, heavy tomes when I was in grade eight and pronouncing that I was going to be the Prime Minister of Australia and I was gross. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I settled on journalism in the end, because I love to write. I've always loved to write. I've always loved to tell stories. And I settled on journalism and was a journalist for, I don't know, on and off. I'm in some form of journalism for about 15 years, first working as a TV reporter and then as a TV producer in London for a long time. Tell me about that. Um, I went through this quarter-life crisis that I think everyone goes through when I was 25 and I was a TV reporter and I was on TV every night and wearing all the bright colours that they do and reporting on crime and so desperately unhappy that I used to cry every day in the Channel 10 office in the courts in Brisbane. I used to cry every day about, you know, what am I doing? This is the worst. I, you know, I hate this job. Um, I worked with some really, really lovely, beautiful people, but it just wasn't, I wasn't telling the stories that mattered to me and I wasn't telling stories that felt real and then did the magazine course which I loved but couldn't get a job in London and was so poor uh, that I ended up going back to journalism and working as a uh, a TV producer for a cable channel a financial <laughs> cable channel uh, reporting on you know markets and uh, the economy uh, but then kind of shifted within there to uh, make long-form TV programs and went on some amazing trips around uh, Russia and Mongolia and around Europe, which was great training. Uh, and that's kind of where I started learning the theory of, of photography. Um, yeah, it was amazing. But, again, definitely not the types of stories that I wanted to be telling. So... You haven't always been a photographer. No, um, I, I was a, I was yeah, I was in TV for a really really long time. So I was telling visual stories. I just usually had a cameraman with me, um, but uh, working as a TV producer in this newsroom, uh, they were very keen uh, for us to be shooting our own stories, uh, and so that's where I started to take an interest in photography. Um, and my husband is very clever and taught me the basics of photography when we lived in London. Uh, and that's when I started to take it more seriously after the birth of my son. Um, and my, you know, I had no idea. I, I knew framing. I knew, you know, as I said, all kind of all the theory of what makes a, a beautiful image or an image that looks right. But I didn't... Uh, it was the technical stuff that I had no idea about and that's where my husband helped me. At that stage, what did you like to take photos of? I think it was mostly my son. Um, he'd, I'd, I had my son over in London and I was desperate to be more creative but I just didn't know how to channel it. Um, and that is probably where I, that's where I started really on my photography journey but you know on the weekends so I was working in this newsroom during the week making tv programs interview programs with ceos and lots of conversations that probably didn't necessarily um blow my hair back um and then it wasn't really until I came home that i I've kind of found my creative calling. Oh, that sounds so silly, but it wasn't until I started taking photographs of my home, my home home up in Biloela that I realised what I wanted to work on and the stories that I, I finally found the stories that I wanted to be telling. It mm. took such a long time and I went the long way around it and kind of, you know, eschewed rural life for such a long time. Um, that it's kind of ridiculous that this is where I found where I wanted to be. 
and what I wanted to do. I think it's so interesting. It's the full, and you've just sort of detailed it, but it is the full circle, you know, growing up um, on the land just instills something in you and whether you know it or not, um, you've been brought back to the beauty of it. And also um, while you didn't want to work on the land, you found a way to be able to sort of contribute and celebrate that maybe. Yeah. So my um, when we were talking about coming back to Australia and by talking it was me, you know, crying constantly, please, can we just come back? Um, it took a bit of convincing to convince my English husband to move back um, away from his friends and his family. Um, he needed to be somewhere with good internet and that is actually quite a narrow strip of Australia, unfortunately. Um, he needs really, really, really good internet. So even when we were talking about, okay, well, what do we do when we first get to Australia? Could we go back to mum and dad's property because, you know, to save money? And we just couldn't. We couldn't because at that stage my dad had internet that was so slow. He thought it was great because it was a big improvement on what he had from five years earlier. Um, but, it, you know, it was so slow it might take three minutes to load a web page. And my husband is an animator and so he needs really fast internet. Um, so, yes, we, we kind of found ourselves living in this narrow strip on the coast. Um, and I do long... I get this sense and, it, you know, it only hit me when I got home actually driving out of town. We don't live in town, thankfully. We live outside of town. But driving out on the highway, you know, when the landscape flattens and the, the cropped of, you know, the trees because it's very heavily treed where I live and once the trees thin out and all you can see is grass and the odd, you know, cow here and there, I this sense of relief, I can't explain this sense of relief that would wash over me, like a weight off my shoulders. And, you know, like I would open the window and just feel that air and I don't, my husband kind of gets the opposite feeling when he, when he leaves town, he, he thinks Wolf Creek um, and he feels quite oppressed by open landscapes, but I'm kind of the opposite. Uh, and I, it's definitely the rural upbringing. It's definitely that. And and this is why I think I was drawn to rural photography because it was just any excuse to hit the road and and kind of take it all in. Now a word from today's sponsor. SG Offroad Understand It All. They've been stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere with little kids in tow. They've rushed around to get vehicles into servicing, forgotten booked dates and understand the importance of having someone to help take care of the problem. SG Offroad are the little guys gone big. Founded in 2002, they put the humanity back into your vehicle's needs, mixing impeccable automotive care with an incredible empathy for who's behind the wheel and daily life. An ARB stockist with two stores in South Gippsland and a huge range of courtesy vehicles, they're available for their customers no matter what. Whether in their workshops, driveway, stuck in the paddock, or even with electrical issues on the Tanami track. Whether it's leaning against the bull bar for a yarn, or rocking a brightly coloured conversation starting shirt for mental health, there's rarely anything they say no to when it comes to vehicles and those that drive them. Beyond the wheel bearings and the four-wheel drive setups, SG Offroad are more than just mechanics and accessories. They become a slice of people's lives and truly love what they do. SG Offroad. Just get life. What about you, Georgie? Have you always had a camera in your hand? Uh, no, not really. Not until the the last 10 years probably yeah less than that but it's funny listening to Jess because there is just so many parallels like our stories are different but I mean it is it is funny how you know I same thing country upbringing was born and bred in country Victoria um, and then wound up at university and um, studied arts majored in journalism and then had a stint in in TV journalism so you know like it's so similar but I um 
I didn't last long enough there in that I was married early. I, um, I ended up, I was married when I was 23, so I was a baby, and moved back to country life, which is actually not far from where I grew up. And, um, yeah, I, I only really, I look, I had various jobs and things and then, you know, had a, I've got three kids, so I became a mother and had three kids. And it was only really when my third child went off to school and I know myself well enough to know that if my, if my brain's not used constructively, it's, it's used destructively. So I knew that I needed a um, really good focus and I had this camera that I, um, you know, a nice camera, but I really was just pointing shooting. I didn't really know. And it was frustrating me because I, you know, I live in this beautiful area with these, you know, amazing sunrises and sunsets and I just couldn't capture them and it used to drive me nuts. So I, yeah, set about teaching myself to use that and um, got addicted pretty quickly. This to me is the serendipity, you know, it's that full circle and, that love of country life does it just it gets into your veins and once it's there it's it's there forever and I feel like that journalism thing is a bit it's funny that it's where I've gravitated back towards through my photography with actually no plan of doing so it's just this is my policy in life in general is just to grab hold of the things that resonate and so you know the the camera felt right the taking the rural landscapes it's like yeah this fits this is this is this feels good and all the way through, I've just grabbed onto stuff that feels like it aligns with me, and you know the journalism's come into it. Yep, that fits, and here we are. As I drive, taking the kids to school every day, I just look at the trees and I think, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And I often think, I wonder how these landscapes look through the eyes of photographers. So, Georgie, tell me a bit about how often you have a camera in your hand. And what stands out to you? Yeah, so a lot, obviously. Probably less than what I used to. I used to have the camera with me 24-7, like fully addicted. And I would, you know, my I used to drive my kids nuts. They, you know, I'm sick of this photo shoot, Mum, that's <laughs> or my, my husband would have to come and pull me out off the side of the road because I've got bogged again, you know, taking <laughs> photos of something. Like it was became a static joke. You know, so all that happened is I just started posting photos on my personal Instagram and gradually that became more photography focused than, you know, my personal stuff dripped away. That At that point in time, that's that's the only outlet I had for what I was seeing and just like I'm a sharer. You know, I've always been a sharer. If I see a good movie, I want everyone to see it. So, you know, I would I would take photos and I, I loved sharing. You know, this is, you know, look at this stuff, guys. And I think um, I... Yeah, so I had, a, I had a lot more time for Instagram early on and so I would post, you know, every day and, and things just grew. And then I think gradually as, you know, it's become more of a business and there's been a lot more behind the scenes things going on and organising stuff, I probably don't have that. I actually now really try and compartmentalise and I have to because I'm a mum and that's that comes first. So I sort of, I really do try now and have times, okay, this is photos or this is family. So I yeah I do I try and um, document when I yeah when when I can but I also try and have times where I just don't have the camera put the phone away um, but yeah look if I get beyond a hundred k's of fear if I'm anywhere near red dirt the camera is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love to like take shots of and yeah I, uh, I think I, I I ask that question about what is it like through a photographer's eyes because I feel like it would be so frustrating for you that you would just see beauty everywhere and want to capture it. I think it um, for me it's, I mean, this sounds really corny, but it is like my gratitude journal. I take photos and it's just a constant reminder of it's just me going, gosh, this is beautiful. I feel like it's the best way for me to keep centred. If I feel I'm off the tracks a little bit at all, I'm into my photography and it's, it is, it's just a, it's a gratitude journal in of sorts I sort of love not knowing how to do something you know portrait photography or whatever and then learning and I think that's the thing about photography is that you just you're always learning you never stop and you can always google and 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 learn how to so that you can yeah so that you can replicate exactly what you're seeing in front of you um it's so frustrating when you can't capture it 
And harking back to your childhood a little bit, you obviously have a creative streak that was just sitting there waiting to to be born. Is there anybody else like that in your family or are they all on the land? Yeah, they are. I mean, they are a lot on the land. Um, it's a pretty country family. But there was, you know, I was never creative. I was never regarded myself I don't think anyone regarded me as creative growing up I was probably more maths and you know I was I was more school where I wasn't yeah I, I did the non-creative subjects all through school and it's funny how like, I, I sort of surprised myself because I didn't really realize that I had that in me that side and that's really just come about since kids and and being married but I have got you know look I had a grandmother that was an amazingly beautiful botanic artist um there is you know dad can draw my son can draw everyone can draw in the family but me I can't draw to save myself but there is look there's it's funny it's it comes out in different ways my mum embroiders she's an amazing sewer um and I feel like everyone in the family has their creativity but it's all used in different ways Jess what about you? <laughs> um, Jess's eyes just widened. <laughs> I, I want to ask you the same question about what it's like through a photographer's eyes and where you, uh, what your routine, what your photography routine is like, how often the camera is around your neck and what, what you see, what you love to shoot. I find beauty in light and colour. And it's something I missed for a really long time living in the UK. And one of the things that struck me when I moved back to Australia was how vivid everything was, um, how blue the sky was. It felt bluer. The sea seemed so blue and so green and the dirt seemed so red and the clouds seemed so pink at sunset. And I think that though I, and like a lot of photographers, I think I tend to kind of gravitate towards the times of days when all of these rich colours come out. On a personal level, I love and I, none of this is on my Instagram, but I love um, I love looking for patterns in kind of landscapes, whether that's, um, you know, rocks. Um, so when do you get to drive out of town? As often as possible. Uh, since COVID, it's been tricky getting home uh, and I haven't. My parents are, are old enough to be worried uh, about us coming from a metropolitan area. So um, until they were kind of properly vaccinated or whatever, um, we haven't been able to go up there. Um, but I think like every photographer, every creative, you look for those moments of beauty in your day-to-day life, whether that's, you know, as we look out over our back deck and I can see them now looking out of my bedroom window, there's these gigantic gums that kind of tower over our garden. And every afternoon at around 4.30, um, the sun, the, the kind of setting sun just blasts them with this kind of magnificent orange and yellow light and they light up and, and then as the leaves shake, it, it kind of looks like this crazy disco ball. Um, so I think photographers are always looking for those moments. We're just waiters. We're watchers, aren't we, Georgie? We're just constantly watching and waiting <laughs> for the light yeah, to be perfect. We'll, we'll every scene through a three-by-two three by square, you know, rectangle. <laughs> Yeah. And we sit there and we sit there and we sit there and we wait and if the light's not right, we don't. <laughs> we don't. I love the euphoria. Like I just, you know, when you've really got some epic scene and you've, you've rushed out with your camera, like Bobby, my husband, he'll send me a text now like going double rainbow out to the west or <sighs> my kids. And the, I like, this is what I love. I love the fact that my kids, like my 11-year-old, will he'll run in and be like, Mum, quick, sunset, get your camera. You know, they, I just I love that, that, you know, that they get, they share that excitement now as well. And I love that sort of euphoria of when you're like, oh, man, I captured that. I got that. I can replicate, you know, I've replicated that. So I'm interested to know from both of you, do you feel like right now, I mean, there's been a, it's sort of a a coming together of many things. There was the drought and then, then there was buy from the bush and now there's COVID and people can't travel and there's so much interest in our own backyard. Do you feel like rural photography is having a moment Yeah, I do. I definitely do. I think it's, you know, and 
that's I love that. Like I love that it's a it's a movement. That's it's bigger than me. It's bigger than the collective. It's bigger than, you know. It's it, there's I love saying that there is a value, a much needed value placed upon our lifestyles and our backyards and our landscapes. And I think for a long time, um, you know, look, and we, you know, we've got by from the bush. Like there's so many varying contributors that we have to thank for that and you know COVID's definitely done that too in that people have you know really seen the value more so in country living and the spaces and the authenticity but yeah I feel like for a long time um country life was was regarded a little bit second rate like I know that when I um, gave up my journalism and, and got married and moved to the country that sort of perception of you're settling, you're giving up everything, you know, what what are you doing? Are you just going to go and bake scones and have babies? You know, I I feel like I've had a score to settle with that for a long time and I just love now seeing that, you know, you don't have to have one or other and I think that's what people are realising is it doesn't have to be one or other. You don't have to have a, a career or not, you know, or live in the country. You can actually have both and... And, you know, in my eyes, it's the best of both worlds. Um, And I think that's what people are realising is that, you know, and now with technology where we can work wherever we are and connect with whoever, wherever we are. Um, But that, yeah, the the value on country life and our, the, you know, space for our kids or whatever is, is, there's definitely um, a higher value being placed on that, which is so great. Um. I remember sitting at a desk in a in my city newsroom in London and feeling so emo about my life and um, having told my family that, you know, I'm really interested in photography and sending them photos, my sister who lives over the back of Claire's family in near Jeringa in central Queensland um, sent me a link to Grazy Her and she was like, you need to check this out. This is, I think you'd really like this. And it kind of made me see... It made me see rural Australia as being this kind of hub of creativity and it, it, and recognise it as a place that I wasn't familiar with because the household I grew up in wasn't necessarily super creative. And, and so I never really saw photography or anything creative as being a career option. Um, you were either a farmer or a lawyer or a doctor and you did those things and then you went off and did those things. Um, but I think Grazy Herb was a kind of pioneer in showing that you know you can you can be all the things um and the thing is as well Jess is that you know in terms of our you know us photographers you know I think it's shown us that you don't need to have a professional studio you don't need to be a big swinging professional to to do it you know and that's what I love like all of us are doing it out of our off our kitchen tables and we've all learned off our kitchen tables and that's all it is probably why we all feel like complete imposters at what we're doing but it is possible to do. Just on um, what you were saying before, it looped quite nicely back into, yeah, when you were talking about your upbringing and, um, and and that you grew up on a farm but you never really felt connected there. And in the Bush Journal you've written such a great piece, I think, that really resonates with so many people. Can you tell me a tiny bit about it without giving too much away? <laughs> I cried writing that. That was a bit of a dear diary. Um, I cried reading it, Jess. Did you? Oh, so um, my dad is this amazing person. He is the crankiest old man in town, um, but he's so smart and he's everything he's ever done has been for his family. But I just didn't get it for a really long time. I just thought he was this guy who didn't get me, who didn't care to get me. And I didn't understand him and he didn't understand me. And so I think we spent a lot of time you know, just operating on different planes, <laughs> planes of existence. Um, uh, I write, I kind of write in the story that photography really helped me see him for who he really is. And photography, I think, does that. Um, I love taking photographs of people and I love portraits because I feel like it just strips away all the crap. It strips away all the nonsense and all the projections that we put out into the world and let's, the photographer or the viewer hopefully see that person for who they really are. And photography has helped me do that with my dad and with my family. Like I didn't, I think it's probably pretty fair to say I was the black sheep. 
I just, I, um, I never wanted to go back there. I never, they thought I was weird. I thought they were weird. But photography has really helped. They're all weird. Yeah, I know. And photography has really helped connect us because it was through photography that I started spending so much more time at home and and really watching them because, you know, Georgie, as you know, as photographers, you're watching for that, the right movement in the right light. And so I would just watch them and I would watch my dad and then pour over all of these photographs and just like, and just made me realise like how amazing he is and Yes, he's still cranky uh, and he always will be. Um, but he's just this amazing person who's trying really hard for his family and and that's the beauty of photography. I think it really helps you access a different part of your subject. I think that is the story of so many dads and farmers across rural Australia. I think you've hit the nail on the head in articulating that through words and images amazing well done thank you also on the flip side with your father seeing what you've been able to create and show him in a different light what has that done for perhaps his relationship or he the way that he thinks of you I'm a bit scared to show him the story in the journal actually I think I might just um take that those pages out and present it to him (laughs) I think he's gonna hear about it Um, he he is amazing. He um, has only ever wanted us to be happy in what we do, but we've always felt an enormous amount of pressure from my dad uh, and he hasn't meant it. But he's always had these incredibly high standards um, because, you know, certainly in the early years um, when he and mum were kind of just starting out, it was hard to send four kids to boarding school uh, and we saw how hard it was for them to do that. And so we always felt crazy amount of pressure to get straight A's to do, you know, I, I loved, I always had so much pride in telling my dad, oh, I got into this course or I'm, you know, I, I, even though I hated being a TV reporter, like it, it actually, it made me cry all the time. I loved that my dad thought it was a good job. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so I think that's probably why I did it for so long because my dad seemed like, it seemed like my dad thought it was a good job. And so it's been tricky to explain to him that actually, no, I don't want to use my degree, that I want to be creative and that means doing this and doing this and writing stories and taking photographs. And so I don't necessarily think he thought it was a real job until recently. (laughs) Um, Maybe he still doesn't. I don't know. I know, like, whoever knows, who knows. Yeah, don't you feel, I mean... yeah, that generation, Instagram and, and things is such a foreign concept to get oh. their head around to. How do people get their hands on it and when will they be able to and will there be another one? So we're selling them from our website, which is really exciting. And because going back to what we were saying about not really uh, being confident that it would work, it has worked. It's amazing. They smell great. They look great. Uh, they so sound great. They sound great when you open the pages. Um, it's amazing, Jess. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. Um, but so it'll, they'll be available from our website uh, and we're planning to do them quarterly. Uh, I've already mapped out issue two and three. So, I mean, we could do them. The Yeah, we could do them. We don't know is, is the job, but we definitely. I love it that we, you know, on our WhatsApp chat group, there'll be suddenly someone will just have a brainwave. Oh, my God, we could do this for a story. And it's, I just love it, the creativity, the people, the ideas that people are like, okay, we need to do one on this. And, hey, guys, I was shooting this the other day. How about a story for the journal? It's just there's, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of stories to tell, aren't there? Yes. We could fill probably five now. But we just need to pace ourselves a little bit. Yeah. So tell me at this point in time, how are you feeling about the launching of the journal? I'm a little bit nervous. Yes. <laughs> really nervous. So, yeah, excited. We I reckon we we waver, don't we, Jess? Like we really believe in it. And so we're all like we really love what we're doing, but there's always that fear. I mean, God, we're all women, aren't we? We're all, you know, like, oh, what if it's, you know, what if people don't like it? But, but at the same time, we haven't 
put a massive amount of pressure on ourselves. Like it, it really has been a passion project for us. And yeah. if it falls flat and five people buy it, then fine. That's cool. Um, we, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would be a little bit disappointed, but I'm also absolutely okay with it because, you know, maybe we'll just keep making it for ourselves. Yeah, it's and I think, so fun. So I fun. think the thing is that we all really believe in it. We really believe in what we're doing. We feel like it, it just all feels right. And I think that we also have, it's, it's happened so organically. So it, you know, it, there was no pressure of objective beforehand. You know, we, I feel like we've just sort of said, look, let's just do it and see what happens. So we haven't, yeah, we haven't put a huge amount of pressure on ourselves and, you know, give it a go and see what happens. The end product is so beautiful. It's so, it's so well put together. It is such quality and your photography is such good quality. I can't imagine that it won't be so well received. So good luck with it. And it's been such a pleasure getting to know both of you guys um, a little bit better. Thank so you. Thanks so much for your support and jumping on board and, and helping get the word out there and your support. It just means so much. Thank you, Sky. I say bravo on all that you have achieved in such a short period of time. Don't you think it's heartening to hear how unassuming these women are? But I think that no matter how unsure you are of your talent or your ability, if you join forces with those who appreciate the same things that you do, then great things can be achieved. And this is an example of that. You can find the journal at Beauty in the Bush Collective on Instagram. I'll include links to all of the 11 women involved in the show notes of this episode. And if you choose to seek them out, make sure you allow at least a day as you will get lost in their works for such a long time. Add them all to your list of people to follow. And make sure you have the spring edition of Grazy Her alongside the Bush Journal on your kitchen table. Don't forget, if you subscribe for two or three years, you'll be sent a Prezi in the mail. A gorgeous pair of Peggy and Twig earrings. Grazyher.com.au Thank you for listening again and again and again. We'll be back with you next Monday with another Life on the Land story.